Um, and boomers are like, I miss the office because I miss sexually harassing Sally. Um, I mean, not all of you boomers, but good you memes, know. Good memes. Hashtag not all boomers. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for joining us again on another episode of Millennial Yells at Cloud, the uh, podcast dedicated to and by history's most maligned generation, millennials. I'm your host, Anton, and I am positively thrilled, excited, and scintillated, that's a word, right, to have with me an icon, a legend, a Mazda owner, Shane Rodak. Oh my God. An I, icon, and a, legend. a legend, and a Mazda owner. I think that's the only true thing about me is that I do own a Mazda. Those are all true things, Shane. You are an icon, you are a legend, and you do own a Mazda, and you need to own all three of those things, and you need to hold on to them tight. You are such a doll. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so glad you're here. You came all the way from... From the city of Toronto, but it still took me 45 minutes to get here. Okay, calm down. Okay, okay. Um, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, you told me I could come here and yell at things, so I'm just, I'm just trying to fit the brief, you know? No, thank you. That's important that you know the title of our show. I've got some clouds that I'd like to yell at, and that's why I'm here. I know. We all have clouds we need to be yelling at all the time. Mm-hmm. Life is full of clouds, especially now that it's getting darker in december year. Oh, great seg. We have so many clouds. Um, but Shane... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little intro. Give us a little a little taste of I just what wanna, you're bringing. I just want to say first, I just want everyone listening to this to know, we've already recorded this podcast. We've done this before. And I'm back because Anton said I was, quote unquote, not funny enough. <laughs> Apparently I was not funny enough. <laughs> okay, let's pause there and reassess what you've just heard. One... Yes, we have recorded uh, an episode before, but we recorded an episode in a very early stage when mm. we were still trying to establish what the vibe of the show is. And yes, you know, we got really serious and we got really dark. I, I don't know. That episode was about like homelessness and... <laughs> we and went to some I deep, was, dark places. I was like, this is, this, is, uh, this is not as funny as I expected it to be. Yeah, that's my bad. I'm sorry. You I know don't what? think it's your bad, to be fair. I think I contributed to it. I was taking myself too seriously and I think I was taking this venture too seriously. And now I am in a place where I'm just recording for the sake of recording. Can you just agree that once this episode goes viral and people fall in love with our dynamic as a duo, that you will release that other episode? Not for me, but for the people. For the people? You know what? I will. I might commit to that. Yeah. Guys, if I see that this gets over 100 plays in like a day. Those are such low numbers. I'm revealing how <laughs> low my fucking numbers are. But if that happens... Never reveal the numbers. You never, never reveal, reveal the numbers. numbers. But if that happens, I will release a snippet of these early like uh, Anton Shane sessions where I think the the most insightful thing we came to was that we should let people who sell loose cigarettes on uh, Spadina just do it. I still think that's true. I think we should just let them do it mm-hmm. because capitalism has pulled a fast one on all of us. Um, yeah, Shane, so um, you didn't have done your little intro because I think that was a very good part of your intro that you've been on this show before technically. Yeah. But tell us a little more about yourself. Oh, I mean, I didn't come prepared. This is like when you're new at work and they're just like, okay, tell us three exciting things about yourself and you're just like on the spot and you have to be like, um, uh, my dad has had the same job since 1985 and like nobody cares. Has your dad had the same job since 1985? No, he has not. See? Well, yeah. Um, what can I say? Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm a creative in advertising just like Anton. We used to work together and I miss working together very much. Aw, babe. And, um... I traveled a great distance to be here, and for good reason, because I like chatting with Anton. That's it. Sweetie, that's so nice. That mm-hmm. is very sweet. Yes, Shane is uh, a writer. I've had a lot of writers on here, um, because I think I connect with writers more because they're thinkers oh. versus uh, art oh. directors who are sometimes stupid. No offense, art directors, but you burnt. Um, hmm. 
<laughs> oh, God. You should probably cut that out. I think you should dragging, cut that out. Dragging art director. Yeah. I'm an art director. Um, but Self-hating, sh- obviously. <laughs> Please. That's the, that's, that is my least self-hatred <laughs> of something. Like, there's so much more. Um, but, yeah, Shane and I worked together, and it was uh, a fantastic two years, I want to say. It yeah. was great until... <sighs> until it wasn't. Until you left me. Until I left you. Yeah. D- d- yeah, okay. I don't think I left you per se because you were just part really? of Really? Because it felt personal. Well, at the time it was, but I've since moved on and it's no longer personal. <laughs> I understand. You had to do what you had to do. I had to do what I had to do. But Shane, I'm really glad you're here. And you're going to notice some changes in the way we run this show and a little change in how we get through our segments. But the first thing I want to ask you is uh, how you identify generationally. Generationally? Yeah. Oh, I'm just so painfully millennial. Like everything about me is millennial. I think we talked about this last time we tried this podcast, we, but I'm just going to do it again. We did. But you know, last time I asked you how you identified, you were like, I'm straight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I should, I should just uh, establish what I mean by that. Um, but yes, uh, tell but, us how, how, no, no, how no, but, so. But how, this time you specified generationally, how do I define myself and how do I identify, which I think is very helpful because I don't know. We're learning. We're learning. Um, I'm so millennial. There's so many things about me that are very millennial. How millennial are you? I'm still wearing slim jeans, millennial. I think the key... It's not slim jeans. Slim jeans are kind of okay. I think it's the skinny jeans that are like a red flag now. And as we've discussed on this podcast, I'm a proponent of skinny jeans, and I think we should stop being shamed for wearing them. Unfortunately, when you have legs like I have legs... Mm. Every jean is a skinny jean. Damn. So for me to actually go and like have loosey goosey pants, like they got to be like 90s boot cut. They got to be like flare pants, you know? <gasps> boot cut yeah. jeans. What a nightmare. May those never come back. <laughs> the only reason anyone should be wearing boot cut jeans is if you're a cowboy in Utah. You know, it's also very millennial and only about me. Utah. Sorry, I'm pivoting a little bit. What is very millennial about you? Like, and I think we've discussed this before, but like, Let's say I'm about to do something on my phone. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather do this on my laptop. It just feels like more native to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that is, we talked about this last time too. Yeah. And that is kind of demented. But you know what? In a certain level, it is valid. Because when I'm doing something on my laptop, it feels more official. Yeah, I like agree. If I'm making a purchase or I'm like searching for something, I'm like, on my phone, I can start it, and then I'm like, to finish the task and feel like I've done something worthwhile with my time, I will move to the laptop and be like, now I'm an adult at a laptop. I don't like... Right. Oh, your phone still feels a bit like a joke. I completely agree. But Gen Zs can write a 4,500-word English literature, 17th century Renaissance literature essay on their phone. Can they, though? And any text I send that's over 10 words needs to be on my computer. Oh, okay. I cannot. Okay, I'm obviously over exaggerating on that one. However, (laughs) I tend to hyperbolize sometimes. Um, But like, I do just like like to use my computer a lot, and that's just true. And that's fair. There's nothing wrong with using your computer. Yeah. And now when everything's connected, thank you, Apple. Um, we can just like you know, stop clapping. We can just make things work seamlessly. I just love Apple, and you know, this is a great time to call it our sponsor. Thanks, Apple, for the promotional consideration. Yeah, um, everything's furnished by Apple. Thank you, Apple. Um, Thanks to our friends at Apple. They will come here and sue me for like pretending that they're <laughs> that they're sponsoring this show. Um, okay, thank you, Shane. You're a very millennial. And so, what's your very millennial pet peeve? What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, that's really hard. I wish you warned me you were going to ask me this question. I want you to think on the spot. My millennial pet. It doesn't peeve. have to be millennial. But what's your what's your pet peeve? What's just your biggest pet peeve? What makes you want to yell at the clouds? I guess being asked really difficult questions off the cuff and ha- expecting a really great answer. Wow. That, <laughs> there you go, folks. That's, that's the tea. I've never been interviewed like this before. This is new to me. I'm sorry. I'm not really interviewing you, am I? I'm just kind of trying to have a conversation with you and you're failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> That's so mean. Okay. No, but it's just you don't have any pet peeves. Okay, this is a weird one. You ready for this? Yes. I don't like when people use the word bake as a noun. So let me give you an example. A French toast bake. 
Oh, okay. A pizza bake. Okay. Just call it a fucking casserole. Just call it a casserole. Bake is a shorter word. Casserole has more um, syllables in it. I don't like the way bake sounds as a noun. I'm, I'm really not into it. Bake. You know what? It's kind of like book. When I when I learned English, I found book to be a funny word because it was like ooh there's a book? there's a b and a book ooh, like book 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 guys just say book a bunch of times and then you'll start laughing it's hilarious book, it's book, 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 book. so maybe bake does the same thing for you or is it the pretentiousness of calling it a bake I is think it's it? maybe the pretentiousness it might be the phonetic sound of it it could be a combination of both hmm. mm-hmm. that's fair mm-hmm. I've never heard that one yeah I'm a weird guy. You're, you're it's like guy. some people who don't like moist like that's like the classic example but like mine is bake uh, moist this is the that whole conversation is so silly to me like people who don't like moist it's like oh do you also love bacon it's you know you remember when everyone was like oh i love bacon it became like a personality trait and for a while hating moist was a personality trait and that's so true i was not it's i like, was not here for i'm so quirky i hate when people use the word moist <laughs> yeah it was it was not a vibe so, guys stop um, but I think that's a really great pet peeve. I haven't heard that one. I've heard a lot of pet peeves, uh, doing this podcast and just people telling me when I do something that annoys them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so by the way, big fan of the podcast, like just big, big fan. Wow. That is a dirty, filthy lie. Um, <laughs> as we've established that you have actually not listened, but here you are and you're going to listen to this episode. I'm sure I'm going to listen to this episode, which hilariously, I feel like it's going to get me into the podcast. Like I'm going to listen to myself and be like, I actually like the show. <laughs> I'm like, guys, this is how you get into this podcast. You have to be a guest. Yeah. And that's your entry. Exactly. You have to listen to yourself. And then you'd be like, actually, I like this podcast. What else does this idiot have? And then I think I'm going to listen to this one. And then I'm going to listen to the Stephanie Small episode. You still haven't listened to the Stephanie Small episode. Hi, Stephanie. Steph did a great job. We I, had so much fun. I heard it's a Canvas episode. And I miss hearing her voice because I used to every day. And I don't anymore. So, Oh, mm-hmm. Steph. Steph, if you're listening... Yeah. Hi, Steph. Um, okay, that was a great, great way to kick us off. I feel like we've established a lot about you. Before we dive in, well, I, th- I feel like this is much better than last time, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's a hundred percent. Oh, than last thank time. God. Okay, I can relax because now. now I have like a cadence. Yeah. Now I know what I'm doing. Like you know, seventy percent. I don't fully know what I'm doing because I'm a millennial. But you know, we're getting there. Okay, good. We're getting there. I'm at ease now. Yeah. Okay. And now we can take like a little intermission. I used to call them breaks. Maybe now I'll call them intermissions because we don't have commercials. Um, But we're going to take a little intermission and then we'll be back to dive into the meat of today's topic. There's no commercials? No, there's no commercials. I mean, maybe there will be in the future. I thought Apple was a sponsor. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you're gonna. We're gonna go into a silent uh, moment of silence to thank Apple for (laughs) for being a sponsor of the show, and then we will be right back. And we are back with Shane Rodak and uh, what we're going to talk about today. And this is a topic that I've wanted to discuss for a while. And I thought that you would actually be the perfect person to discuss it with. Because oh, that's so interesting. Tell me why. I actually don't know why. But I feel like because maybe you have a kind of nuanced understanding and maybe a little bit of a counter view to my own of this topic okay i feel like maybe we're not on the fully on the same page here i love that are we on the same page maybe we are i have no idea what your position is i guess let's get into it then let's get into it well i wanted to talk about working from home or as um i like to call it working (laughs) because it should just always be from home um but the pandemic came The pandemic did a number on all of us. And I will not deny the pandemic its terrible, terribleness because it was really bad for so many people. So many people lost their jobs. So many people died. I know, I personally know people who died of COVID. Fucked up. But it transformed society in a way that I think kind of made us reassess and reevaluate what we think is important to us. I think that's probably true. And we somehow found ourselves all working from home because it was a necessity. And in the beginning, when we started working from home, we were like, 
how the fuck is this going to work? I'm like, am I going to log into uh, Zoom every day and have to sit and brainstorm with my partner because we work in advertising or, you know, if you work, I don't know, wherever you may work, you're like, how is this going to work? What are we going to do? And then slowly we kind of got into it. And it took me like maybe like three weeks to get into it. And then I loved it. Mm. And now we've come out of the pandemic, I think, um, or at least we've come out of the official part of the so pandemic. So you think the pandemic's over? Uh, yes, you heard it here first, wow, guys. That's, that's super fucked up. The pandemic's <laughs> over. You don't need to get a vaccination. Go outside and cough in someone's mouth. Wow. I'm Joe Rogan, and I approve this message. Um, Twitter, come for this man. <laughs> Take him away. It's called X now. Um, no, I don't call it X. No, that, we as, call as, it Twitter. In we this call house. it Twitter. We call it Twitter all the time. We will not listen to that man. But um, we've kind of moved into this work from home situation. And now people are kind of landing on this hybrid model. But you know what? What's what's your vibe? Do you like working from home? Do you think it's good? You're going to be so annoyed by my answer. Am I? I like going to the office. I knew it. Yeah, See, yeah, this, yeah, is why, yeah. this is why I wanted you to come on. Okay. So here's my take. I like working from home a few days. I like working from home on Monday. I like working from home on Friday. And personally, I also work from home on Wednesday, which is nice because it breaks up the week. But like, I need to be around people. Like, I can't just like only talk to my wife like every day. And don't get me wrong, I love Leia. We are still in the honeymoon phase. She is my one and only. However, I like to just go to the office. And that's like, not a statement that you end with, however. That should be a period there. You shouldn't go with, but <laughs> I love Leia. Okay, let me, let me try another conjecture. No, I... Furthermore, I, <laughs> thereby. <laughs> however, oh, however is you, kind of... However, however is, however is a is but. but. Yeah, yeah. Um, hitherto, <laughs> I'm lost. Anyways, I think like just for me, and this is an annoying thing to say, because I do have a lot of introverted tendencies, I am mostly an extrovert. Like I really feed off the energy of other people. And I feel like... I know, you're draining me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sucking all the energy out of you and adding to my own storage. Oh, that yeah, sounds yeah. vaguely like improper. Mm, no, I think that's just your sick and twisted brain. Anyways, <laughs> I um, I like to go in personally. I think I'm what's sure great, you do like to go in. No, no, but it's like okay, what's that expression like? Variety is the spice of life, zest of life, whatever it is. I think that's exactly it. Like having a day at home. Having a day in the office, coming back when you're in advertising, sometimes you got to go on set, sometimes you're at an audio house. Like, I just personally like to be at various spaces at different points in my life, and I just find it makes things more interesting. Here's the thing about that. Oh my God. <laughs> I think in our industry, we just naturally find ourselves having to do things that aren't at home. We can't always work at home. Let's because, be more general than advertising. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, uh, yes, we, we want to make it more general. But like specifically for us in our industry, we have to go in for like a photo shoot or like a, you know, uh, like a shoot shoot or casting or something. There's things that we go to do outside of the office inside of our, outside of our homes that we have to be there in person for. It works best in person. And I appreciate that. I like that. For me, I think my gripe is having to be in an office. Because let me tell you why. At the office, which while I enjoy being at the office and being around people, sometimes you just need to get work done. And yeah. I find that the office is the worst place to get work done. And if I think back to pre-pandemic uh, pre when we were at the office, you know, five days a week and basically like at all hours of the day as well, I think about how much work I actually did and it wasn't a lot. Mm. Because like people just bitches be coming by to sit at your desk, oh, chitty, chatty, 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 chatty. Let's go get a coffee. You go and get a coffee like three times a day. You chat with someone in the kitchen. You go have a long ass lunch that turns into a debate about um, whether bootcut jeans are good or not. So it just kind of like slowly eats away at your day. And then when you leave, you're like, what did I do? Even though you may have done stuff and you went to a few meetings, you're like, I don't feel like I did anything. And it felt like low-key, things moved slower back then, even though it felt more hectic and anxiety-inducing. Mm -hmm. Work itself, like timelines, felt like they were more like chiller than they are now. Hasn't it been proven that productivity is so much more insane when people are working from home? I actually think that's been disproven recently. Has it? I don't know. 
You're full of shit. We should we should have come with some stats. We should have. This is not an episode. This is not a show about stats. I so. will say, I think there's a good reason. And again, like I'm not one way or the other. Like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on this, truly. But I do think there's a reason why a lot of CEOs are calling their employees back to the office, even ones that during the pandemic were like, "Oh, the pandemic's over." Like, but you could still work from home. I think a lot of those people are are, are now kind of like you know going the other way on it. And why do you think that is? Like, what's your what's your take on that? Okay. Okay. You ready? Spill the tea. Buckle in, big boy. Okay. So here's oh, my thing. I thought you were gonna say buckle in, bitch, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, that would have been funny too. Here's my thing. We spend eight plus hours a day at work. Like, I know this is an unpopular opinion. Work life balance, et cetera, et cetera. It's like. The truth is work is a big part of our lives. We're there most of our day and most of our time. If we're at home, he's actually taking notes, by the way, for the people who can't see. I, I, need, to, I need to remember things you say because I have rebuttals. Okay. I will say if our day is purely functional and we are just at home and we are just fulfilling our tasks as employees of an organization and we are just getting on calls and we are just taking notes and we are just completing our work, it just sort of takes all the joy out of the day versus when you go into an office, you do get to do some of those things that make life a little bit more worth living. You get to go for lunch with some people who maybe they're not your number one choice for going for lunch, but you get to go to lunch with some people. You get to make friends. You get to have some chats. You get to go on walks. You get to have some snacks, have a coffee. There's just certain things that you can't do when you're just working at home all day. And I feel like when you're just sitting in one space, it is just a little bit morally draining. That's my take. Morally draining. I don't know why I said morally. <laughs> okay, yeah, that maybe you misspoke there. But one thing you said... We can cut that though, right? No, we're going to keep it in. No! <laughs> I think one thing you said that stood out to me is like work is a big part of our lives. We spend eight hours a day at work. Yeah. And that's hilarious because I watching the gilded age as all of you know i am a big fan of the gilded age i stand i live for it of course i've been listening to the podcast i know you talk about it all the time <laughs> i actually don't so there we go gotcha um i am a russell hive person you know i am here for bertha and george um and recently in one of the episodes one of the things uh that i found funny was it a recent episode or was it an older episode? But one of the guys, they were talking about unions. And the union of this uh, ultra-rich man, George Russell, who has train stations and rail tracks and shit, the union is fighting for more rights. And the thing that they say is 888. And then the guy's like, what does 888 mean? And the guy, his uh, subordinate is like, well, they want eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and eight hours to do whatever they want. And that's how they divide the day. And in 1870-whatever, because this show is set in the 1800s, that was like a very revolutionary thought. Yes. It was like, what? You want eight hours, only eight hours of work, and then eight hours to do nothing? You're completely fucking batshit insane. But I think we've it's over 100 years after that, and capitalism's boot has been on our necks so hard, so hard, that I think one of the reasons that people are kind of leaning into this work from home thing is because they're waking up and being like, well, should I keep on like, you know, uh, choking um, and struggling for air with the well-leathered and sold boot of capitalism? Wow. This on boot my on neck? neck analogy is just, it knows it's, no bounds. It's like, it's a Gucci boot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Gucci boot and it's on our necks. And people are just kind of like over it, right? Yep. So it feels that when you said uh, work is a big part of our lives, I think the fundamental question isn't whether that's true or not, because it is true. Yeah. But I guess people are asking now, should it be? Mm. And I think work from home is one of the first kind of pushbacks against that. It's vaguely related to the idea of quiet quitting. Yeah, but I feel like that was such a 2021 thing. That's because everyone quiet quit and now nobody's here to write about it. <laughs> All the writers quiet quit and they're like, I'm going to do my bare minimum. I feel like that actually wasn't a thing. And then there was just like a lot of like angry boomers that were just like, people aren't doing their jobs no more. This is, That's my impression of a boomer. People aren't yeah. doing their jobs. I'm mad. Yeah. Um, why are all the boomers from the South? I don't know. Oh. They just are. They just <laughs> they are. They just are. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, 
it's this this notion that hey i am i doing should i go above and beyond for a company or for a corporation that doesn't go above and beyond for me oh i understand all the points you made about the benefits of working from an office because i think of all the friends i have and so many friends i have i made made it work your friend i made it work yeah, like, can you imagine if when I started at JWT, which was the agency we both worked at, by the way, like, can you imagine if we were just remote and, like, I would have never met you? Yeah, that would have been... That's co- so sad. I agree. That would have been completely insane. And this is where I'm, like, I understand that having some kind of workplace culture and having people be friendly and, uh, I don't know, have some knowledge of each other's lives is important. But on the other hand, it's almost like... I don't know. I feel like people should be given the chance to opt out of it. I think that's exactly what it is. I think we've just gotten there. Like, I think we're saying the same thing in a way because I agree with everything you're saying. But I really think people should just have the freedom to do whatever works for them. So, like, if you work best and feel like your life is enriched by working from home, you should be able to do that. Personally, I like to go to an office twice a week. Some people like to go to an office Five times a week. Are you mandated to go to the office twice a week? Yeah, but it actually just happens to work for me very well. Like, I just really like twice a week. There's something about a mandate that rubs me the wrong I know. And me being, you know, I am, as I was just joking about how, like, things in China get done. And things in China get done because there is legitimately a mandate. As someone who likes um, the government to kind of step in and have a strong hand, I find it very hilarious that I am opposed to that within a company. But perhaps that's because the company is just, uh, you know, another Gucci boot of capitalism. You're just a lefty anti-capitalist, and I just love that about you. I am. I fundamentally am. But I don't think, this is what I'm saying. My argument is that I can create capital and value for my overlords by also working from home, is what I'm saying. You can create value. I create value and capital. I loved, I just love that turn of phrase of creating value. Like it's just so like, like you, ever, you ever like write a, a cover letter? It's not only a thing in advertising, but it's just like the idea of like, I can create the value for you. And you, actually, if we talk about advertising for a second, is advertising is a funny one because it's kind of, we're all creative, right? Yeah. Like we're a creative group of people. And creatives aren't necessarily that kind of like bleep, blop, blorp no. uh, vibe, but we're working for, we're literally working to advance capitalism. We're the, we are the, the oh, here he goes again. I, I mean, it's true. I know, I know, I know. We're, I the, we're the, we're the, you know, capitalism pushers. And so it's kind of, it, it makes it feel a little weird to have this environment where you're working with a bunch of creatives who just want to be creative and do interesting things. But then at the same time, there's this kind of like the specter of capitalism hanging over all of us. And then the specter of corporations and working in an office and all that stuff. It's, it's a weird one because I don't think I would be able to make this argument as well if I worked at a bank, for example. No, you're right. It's completely paradoxical based on what we do, right? Because like, we should have the quote-unquote freedom to be creative, but we work within a very rigid system, which is, I guess, to your point, capitalism. Like, yeah. You know, we do have to adhere to some rules. But to that point, I just feel like whatever is within the realm of possibility and whatever works for you is the way you should work. I, I don't know. I just, I just believe that. Like, I never judge someone for working from home all the time, and I never like look up to somebody or think that they're better or more proficient at their job for mm. going in five days a week. Like at this point, it's just like whatever floats your boat, Captain. There needs to be some kind of incentive for people to come to the office because there's no way we're going back to that five days a week slog that we used to have before. As you much want as- free lunch and ping pong tables? Well, guess what, Buster? You're not getting it. <laughs> um, but yeah, but seriously, if there was some kind of like this is the okay here's my here's my here's a thought i have is that the whole point of coming into the office is to build culture meet people and do all that stuff Mm -hmm. let's make it so that we can do that because technically we can we can like go to the office and work together at the office sure but now in a world where it's so like you come in go out it's kind of i feel like most people kind of preferring to work from home and most people don't come in most times Mm -hmm. so when you do go to the office it almost has to be like an event you have to be there not just to like 
sit in your corner and work on your fucking deck by yourself, right? You have to go into the office so that you can have meetings and you can actually interact with people and shit like that. So I feel like maybe in-office days should be more casual and less solitary work focused. When there's fewer of them, they do become more of an occasion. So like, I'm going to bring out my flyest attire. Like, I'm going to make it a day. Did you you go to the office today? I did not. Okay. Are you saying that because I look good? Yes. You think so? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm kidding. I was going to be like, did you go to the office today? And that's what you wore. But I, 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 I was just doing it for the joke. I know, I know. I was doing it for the joke. You just build me up just to knock me down. That's 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 what the world does, baby. That's what we do to each other. That's, that's what show friends is, do. baby. That's what friends do. That's exactly. what we've been doing for years. To that end, how do we become friends, Anton? At the office, standing around the ping pong table. Having some beers. That's true. Getting ready to go to some farewell drinks for someone who's leaving that week because someone left every week. <laughs> <laughs> Dark times. Um, that's true. You do. That's the thing is like you do need to have the office for that. You need to have a sense of like belonging to something. But at the same time, so many people are just like, hey, I just want to do my job and get out. Again, I just think I it's do a not personality give a fuck thing. about any of you. I, I'm not saying I'm that way, but there's so I know people who are like, my ass just comes in here to get my paycheck, do what I need to do, and get out. And that's why I think everybody's different. Everybody's view on this is different. Everybody's personality is different. What they're willing and like looking for from work is different. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you should just be able to take from it what you want. I just want to say one thing I really like about working from home because I feel like I've been banging the drum of going into the office okay. quite a bit. Okay. Obviously, and especially in our industry, we're very busy, right? There's a lot of time. We're working long hours. We're really into it. We're like kind of like wired in. There are those times at work when you don't have a lot to do, right? Let's say yeah. you're waiting for feedback from client. Like that happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're at an office and mandated being at an office and you don't have anything to do, it sucks and it's harder work than the work you would actually be doing because you have to look busy. <laughs> so like making yourself look busy is so much more exhausting than actually being busy. And I, I just really believe this. Um, I had a job at one point where like literally I was on one project at a time. I had not a lot to do. My boss is left at two 30 and I'd leave at two 45 And sometimes I would catch myself just staring at the Google home screen. Like, I'm not even joking. I would just be sitting at my desk at this office, just like staring at Google and being like, I don't know what to do with my time right now, but I need to look like I'm looking at something. (laughs) You need to look like I'm looking. You don't even need to be like doing something. You just think, I need to appear that there's something on the screen that is interesting. And at this point, like I have reached the end of the internet. Like there's only so many tweets I can look at. There's only so many Reddit boards I can look at. Like I have reached the end. So... My thing is when you work from home and you don't have that much to do at work that day, you can like live your life. You could just like kind of have a day it's off. It's amazing. It's so good. You can take a nap. You can do laundry. I mean, frankly, I do laundry even when I do have stuff to do in the middle of the day. I will do laundry at home. Yeah. But it, it's it's like, it's such a treat. It's such a treat to be able to do that at home. Let me tell you, I had a bustling day today, like just wall to wall, like really got a lot done. And none of it had to do with my work. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They are not keeping you busy over there, are they? They really are. I had this one very rare day where I'm waiting for feedback. And so, you know what? I just caught up on some correspondence. Called my dad. What what are you looking at at your watch for? I got a buzz. Calm down. Apparently, I'm boring Anton, everyone. Oh, my God. This happened to me. You remember when the Apple Watch came out and I was in a meeting? I think I told you the story. And I think... I think it may have been, I think it may have been Josh. Sorry, Josh, but this is, you did this. Josh um, is a, a big fan of the podcast I hear. Big fan. Big fan. Um, but I, I looked at, like, I got a buzz on my watch because it's a notification. So I looked at my watch and then Josh goes, uh, oh, uh, are you, do you have somewhere else to be? Are you busy? I'm so glad he called you out because and you I'm deserved like, it. And I'm like, dude, no, like it's, it's, it's a notification. Like if I checked my phone when I got a notification, no one would say that. But it's the action of twisting your wrist to look at a watch that's very like, oh, well, uh, do you have somewhere else to be? A hideous skirt convention, perhaps? Yeah, like you may as well sigh and tap your foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what? We, need to, uh, we need to get with the times. Our watches no longer just tell time. <gasps> get with the times. There's something there. You're a writer. Figure it out. 
but we need to like realize I'm off the clock. Thanks, <laughs> we need to realize that our watches do more but anyway i think that's a really great great point you're making sorry just to be clear what i just said about working from home i don't think that's like me being pro or against actually i guess that's like a like a pro work from home argument but that's just like an observation that i just like love not having to pretend like I'm busy when I'm at the office, when I'm working from home. 100%. I think there's, uh, to your point, I don't think there's a world in which we all work from home all the time, always. I don't think that's sustainable, one. I think you're going to eventually just kind of like lose your mind, too. And I think there is value in being in person, having in-person physical interactions with people. So when it comes to like a, a boundary, like a, I guess a boundary or like a, a, a specification on how you should work... I feel like one day at the office mandated and then the other times being like, hey, try to come in twice a week. But one day for sure, like we're going to all be here for like, it doesn't matter how long you're here, as long as it's maybe, uh, you know, a decent amount. So don't come in at nine and leave at, uh, you know, 1030. But there's a day when everyone comes in, then you get to like hang out with everyone, shoot the shit. And then there's another time where you can just kind of like come in as needed. Because a lot of times we actually do need to be at the office for something. And what pisses me off is when you have to go to the office when you actually have nothing to do that day. So what you're saying is you want free lunch and ping pong tables. What I'm saying is I want free lunch and ping pong tables. <laughs> I really do miss having a ping pong table, though. We had a ping pong table at our own office. and it Truly, was like... the entire agency would come together around that table. But you know what? Interns, interns would come at the crack of dawn at 9 a.m. The interns would be playing ping pong. And I remember being like, if I was an intern... And I came into the office at 9 a.m. The first thing I did would not be to play ping pong. So that's a good question. And it's something that I think we should talk about, which is just like you could be a little bit more performative about like how good you are at your job or how much you're putting into it when you're at the office. But it, I mean, which for, is kind of important for young people for to like us, show. For us, it's good. But ultimately, isn't all that matters your output, what kind of work you're doing? I think in an ideal world, that's true. But I do think there are leaders out there that are just looking for like, kind of like, you know, vain indications that you are working your hardest. I mean, that's, I guess that's true, but it feels very much like a thing that's not in a creative agency. Cause I, for example, once again, we only speak from the perspective of advertising. You remember how in advertising, you remember how, no, like, you know how in advertising, some days you just wouldn't be at the office because to your point, you're at, um, you know, you're in an editing session, you're going to like audio or something. So people, if someone doesn't come to the office, I don't assume that they're slacking off. I assume that they're working on a project that's taking them outside of the office. So that's the thing is like, I feel like there's invisible labor happening in advertising all the time that people kind of almost... I've seen people not acknowledge. I'd been like, oh, this person isn't here at like uh, 9 a.m. Where, where are they? And I'm like, it's a creative industry. <laughs> like they might be at a casting session. They might yes. be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the whole performing work doesn't work. I, I'm not pro that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just like, I, unfortunately, there are people out there that you might have to impress by just like showing up. That's true. You know? That's true. And you know what? I feel... Uh, there's, I read a study very recently about how millennials are the leaders of this work from home movement, <laughs> which, um, congratulations, us, yay. We did it. We're the best. We mm-hmm. did it. But apparently boomers and Gen Z are like, no, we want to work at the office. Boomers, because they have spent their whole lives working at the office. And now suddenly it's like work from home and they're like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And then um, Gen Z, because they're young and want experience. And I think millennials are in that kind of like sweet spot where like we experienced work at the office pre-pandemic. Oh, that's interesting. And we've had it. And now we're experiencing this where also now we're kind of more adult. We have our own apartments. We like, for the most part, we either live by ourselves or with a partner. While Gen Z is living with a bunch of roommates and eating ramen. Um, And boomers are like... I miss the office because I miss sexually harassing Sally. Um, I mean, not all of you boomers, but good you memes, know. Good memes. Hashtag not all boomers. <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently millennials are the ones who are like really forcing it. Okay, see, that is actually a good observation. And before I was like, who would actually listen to this podcast? And now I'm like, that's actually something that's very interesting. So congratulations. 
<laughs> that is a, literally the most offensive thing anyone has said to me today. That is a mortifyingly offensive. <laughs> and you're not even going to build on it. You're no, just going to like comment no. on it. I've given you like a very beautiful nugget and yeah. you're just like, cool. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Okay. Well, you're useless. Um, <laughs> but really, you have nothing to say about that? Do you agree? Do you believe that? Does oh, it make sense? Oh, no, of course not. I'm just making fun of you because I love you so much because we have forged this very strong bond at a time in our lives where we're at the office. I'm just veering it back to where we were before, by the way. Um, and so I'm just making fun of you because that's what I do. That's how I express love. No, I do think millennials are just in a very unique situation where like, we do just want to work from home more than other generations. But like, do you really think Gen Z wants to go into the office? I think Gen Z wants to work as little as possible. I don't think they give a shit at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I know. I know we got a big Gen Z audience here. I actually, we have a very slow, small Gen Z audience. I've looked at the analytics, um, but, but uh, no, I don't think that. I think every every generation. That's what Boomer said about us. They're like millennials don't want to do anything, and now we're saying it about Gen Z. I mean, Gen Z. I know I've maligned you on this podcast many a time. But I don't think that part is true. I think Gen Z is just realizing what kind of bullshit they have to live under. I mean, while we're talking about working and bullshit and work from home, you remember that TikTok very recent of this girl who was crying about realizing how her day is going to go now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just what her life is. Yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, I have to commute. I have to get up and I have to commute for like an hour and a half. Then I have to work. And then by the time I get home, I only, I'm so tired. I only have time for dinner. I don't go to the gym. I don't do anything. I don't have time to socialize. And she's like crying about it and people were making fun of her being like well welcome to the real world sweetie and i'm like guys that's it's fucked up she's literally pointing out the fucked up part and yes it's the real world it's like one of those what what were we talking about earlier where it's like yeah it's a fact of life that that's how it is but it shouldn't have to be like that yeah maybe boomers were just better at grinning and bearing it and then like we had our eyes open by the pandemic and we're just like does it need to be this way and then gen z was just like well, fuck no, it absolutely does not need to be this way, and I refuse to conform to the system. Yeah. But I will say, and, like, I love my Gen Z friends. You have Gen Z friends? Uh, yeah. You have friends? Yeah. Okay. Multi-generational friends. Okay. Gen A? Sure. That's, like, an eight-year-old. I have... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... No, you know what? Like, I will just say anecdotally, just in speaking to my friends who are managers, employers, like just people who are in positions of power who see this stuff, it does feel like Gen Z feels like they don't need to work as much. And I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. Maybe it's just who I'm speaking to who think that. It just seems like the overwhelming opinion. I think that people are just shocked that Gen Z is being very realistic about the work that they want yeah, to do. Yeah, and I'm not even judging them for it. Like, I almost just, like, I, it's an observation of being like, yeah, maybe they are just realizing that, like, the way capitalism is set up is just bullshit. It's a lose-lose for everyone. Yeah. Well, except the people at the very top. But, yeah, I think, I that's why I think the quiet quitting thing is, it's kind of a signature Gen Z thing for me. Because it's like, I have, I get paid to do a job why should I do more than what I am paid to do? I, I, I disagree with that because like I am passionate about my job. Like I like what I do. And so I don't do more for the sake of the company, I guess. I do more because I enjoy it so, and I want to do it for myself. So it's funny. I had this debate with my wife the other day. That's right, everyone. I, I am married. So yeah, he's sorry, me. ladies. <laughs> sorry, ladies. Yeah. Off the market. So, uh, and guys, and guys, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were having... This is an inclusive podcast, Shane. Yeah, but I'm straight. We don't care. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's abundantly clear. Um, we were having this debate because it's like I take work home with me and I get very stressed. And sometimes like I really feel things that happen at work. And I really can't help it because I'm very invested in my work. And Leia was just like... Leia's my wife, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Leia was like you know what? Like, I feel like you need to just like take this a little less seriously. Like get out at nine, leave at five, come home and just leave it there. And I'm just like, I can't really do that because I love what I do so much. And I also want to progress. And the only way to advance is to go over and above your mandate. And that's just true. 
And maybe that's just true in advertising. I don't know. I feel like it's true in any industry. But if you really want to succeed and stand out and not just make X amount of money a year, you kind of need to go above and beyond. Otherwise, you're just going to remain stagnant. And I don't want to remain stagnant. And I feel like a lot of people don't. I think I agree with you. No one... I think who is in our position or the way who thinks the way we do and the way we work wants to remain stagnant and is willing to do the bare minimum. But I think that there's people who don't care about advancing. Sure. And to be honest, I'm jealous of them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wish agree. I wish I didn't give a shit. Um, sadly, I do. Uh, but there's a certain power to not giving a shit, isn't there? Oh, super, super refreshing. Let me tell you, though, I think my biggest insecurity with not giving a shit is that I don't think it's possible to coast anymore. I think that used to be true. Okay, I'm just going to go off on a theory that I literally just devised my brain. I think you used to be able to just be like, you know, middle of the pack at your work for like your entire career. And now I feel like if you haven't grown, then you die a little bit. So it's impossible to just sort of plateau Like generally anymore. as societally, like in our society, if you're not growing, you're dying? Kind of. Like I feel like at this point, okay, like, Advertising, for example. I think this is a perfect example, and like it is, once again, hyper-specific to our industry, but I think it speaks volumes about where we're at. You don't see 60-year-old copywriters. You just don't, and you used to. And I think that's true in every industry. I think it's because of the ageism in our... our... Okay, I think that's like another thing, and I totally agree, and obviously it's a big issue that plagues Mm -hmm. me now as I start to get grays on the sides of my head, but whatever. You just like turned 31 or something. Calm down. Shooting up there. But I think there's something to be said for the fact that like you can't really stay stagnant because then you won't survive in a way. Like I almost feel like it's not possible to just coast anymore. Like you can't really just get away with doing nothing. (laughs) I disagree. I do, eh? I have seen people coast. I have seen people coast. I think it's a hundred percent possible. In the same job indefinitely though? In the not I I don't know if it's if it's indefinitely, but I've seen people like in places we've worked, I've seen people just kind of do I wouldn't say the bare minimum, but essentially coast. Yeah. Like they do their job. And they go home and that's it. And then you you ask them, they don't do anything extra. They don't bring anything extra to the table. And they just kind of like roll along that way. It's like, you know, good old dependable this person. I don't expect much from them, but if I give them something, they'll do it and it'll be satisfactory. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, maybe that's just my insecurity of like, if I'm not going above and beyond, then I'm going nowhere. Mm. And then I'm at risk of getting laid off. I mean, this is, yeah. I I fully agree with everything you're saying because I think the exact same way. But then the anti-capitalist part of me <laughs> thinks that how this is such a crazy, we're like in a trap. It was like we've been given a sandbox to play in and it's a very small sandbox, you know? Yeah, I feel trapped for sure. I have this very specific skill that I just have to do for the rest of my life. What the hell? <laughs> I think this is this is transitioning to beyond work from home. Once this happened last there, time. You know what? We can't do this again. We literally just keep veering into the darkness. We, we cannot veer into, the, into darkness. the darkness. But I think, well, if we, if we rewind and get back to the moral of our story, I think the moral of the story here is that we have slightly different views on work from home. But I think that the consensus has been there is benefits to going into the office and doing it every once in a while. But also there's a lot of benefits to working from home. And anyone who wants to get people to come back five days a week, even four days. You know what? I'm going to say something bold. (gasps) Three days a week? You're crazy. I think one thing is for sure. It can't be like clear cut one way or the other anymore. Yeah, I mean, like we're never just going to be at home five days a week, and we're never going to be at the office five days a week. Well, I think that was neither productive nor unproductive. I think we really haven't solved anything. But like I say on this podcast and in my life, that's not the point. (laughs) 
if what Anton just said felt abrupt, it's because I said something that Anton didn't like and he cut it out. And I am being censored, people. I just wanted you all to know. Okay, it's giving, uh, it's giving right wing pundit. It's giving. You're being censored by being it's on the podcast. It's giving truth social. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I have no idea what to even how to even describe that. This is what happens when you have a straight person on your. Oh on your my god, that is so straight phobic. Um, I support straight phobia. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Honestly. Well, Shane, that was great. Um, but we're going to take a little quick a breakity break and then we'll come back for our last sexy little segment. And we're back. We're back from the back. Um, Shane, we're going to be letting you go soon. And I think oh. that's going to make me really sad. That's triggering. <laughs> 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 I've had unfortunate experiences. Or, uh, we're Experience. Gonna, we're we're going to be letting you go. So they, they you like, can't say that to me. They preemptively they preemptively told you we're going to be letting you go soon, <laughs> but you need to go back to work now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, produce value for the company. Um, but let's dive into the last bit, Shane. Um, this is kind of I think it's kind of my favorite part because I don't know what answer people are going to give me. Okay. But what do you wish would make a comeback from back in the day as a millennial? Like what do you miss? What do you wish would be a hot new thing again? Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Here's my thing. Like instant messaging. And so like that's basically iMessage, I guess, but like really just like sitting at your computer like we used to. On MSN Messenger. And just like talking with a few of your friends at the same time. It definitely used to be like a vibe where you have to, you had to, you literally had to be there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can't take it and go. So like there's been a few times over the last couple years. It's one friend in particular, my friend Emily. Shout out to Emily. Big fan. Big fan of the pod. And, um, And like we'll just like not be in the mood to talk on the phone or FaceTime, but we'll just text as though it's like, 2004 and we're on msn and it kind of has its own charm and fun what is that how do you text like it's 2004 or msn like you literally just i'll use like my desktop version of imessage and just like we'll just have like an hour-long conversation on message that is low-key crazy but low-key but think about it like some of my fondest memories of like being 12 are just like sitting on msn with a girl that may or may not have a crush on me, probably not, even though I had a crush on them. And like, those are just like fun memories of just like sitting and talking. And I don't know. I don't always want to like sit on the phone, but I want to keep in touch with my friends. That's true. I mean, I remember being, uh, you know, younger. I got into MSN maybe not as young as you did because I remember when I got internet in my house, it was dial-up and it was so novel. And I remember one of my friends came over and was like, oh, can I use your MSN real quick? And I'm like, what's MSN? Oh, my God. Formative moment. And then he was like chatting with his friend on MSN. And because I, all I knew on the internet about chatting on the internet was like, you used it to chat to strangers in like chat rooms, basically. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, how are you so friendly with this person? And he's like, oh, no, I know this person. I'm like, oh, so you're like, you just have the same like program and you talk on it? Yeah. And, and then I remember like kind of that blew my mind. And then. I got into, like, I got into ICQ. Remember ICQ? Of course. Oh. <laughs> and MSN. And I think I used it mostly for, like, the like kind of vague, like, flirty, flirty texts. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my primary use of MSN. Hell yeah. And um, having the status update that shows what song you're playing. Yep. Poppin'. So, and then you'd also, like, if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend, you would include their name and a heart emoji in the name. People still do that in their Instagram bios, which is cringe it's, as fuck. It's very cringe. Have you, you've seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, take in, and then they put the person, like, they tag the person and put a little heart, or, like, they put the little emojis of the couple. But it was, like, table stakes at the time. Like, you were, like, a huge loser. Like, it was almost very sus. If you had a significant, significant other, we were like 12, but if you had like <laughs> a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you didn't have them in your name, another thing, which is so funny and true, which was, let's say your crush was online 
and they weren't messaging you and like you just wanted them to say, hey, but you didn't want to initiate, you would appear offline and then go back online so that they'd <laughs> see your notification pop up. And then you'd do that a few times so that like they'd be sitting at their computer and be like, ba-bing, like Shaner1992 at Hotmail.com just signed in. That is precious. I love it. I've ne- I'd never done that. Oh my God. That but- was a number one move. Can I just, sorry, just because we're talking about this, I found a TikTok and I'm just going to play it into the mic right now. No, you cannot play a TikTok. Into Why? The mic. It's, it's like a soundscape. It's going to be like very triggering for, not triggering. It's just going to like take millennials back. Can I just do this? You can cut it if you don't like it. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to find the TikTok. Wait. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Oh I'm my been... god. <laughs> this is the best part of the podcast. You almost didn't let me do this. Okay, we need to stop cuz it's going on a little too long fine, now. Fine. But I'm probably going to cut it Don't out. Don't cut it. I will cut it out. It's probably been cut already. But the sounds the TikTok that you played me was basically like the Windows startup sound for XB. Remember that? Fun. Don't cut this. And then the little it's going to be it's didn't even pick it up. The wave was literally flat. It was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was um it was the Windows startup sound. Um and then you know the sounds that you miss on MSN the bloop. Blitter, blitter, blitter. Yeah. Which is um vaguely grindery now that you're thinking. Grind is like brip, brip. Is that what grinder does? Yeah. Grind is like a brip. if you're ever sitting somewhere and you hear a brip, and then there's no one gay there, there's someone gay there. <laughs> Did you see that meme where like somebody is like in public and then somebody's grinder notification goes off and then a woman is like, Oh, my husband plays that game all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. It's good I've stuff. Done that. Uh, but yeah, I do miss the good old days and I miss the messengers and I miss that. And I actually, the last time I used MSN, low key, not even a lie, was 2013. Back to memes. There was a meme I saw recently. <laughs> yes. I just love the memes. There was a meme I saw recently that was like, one time you logged off of MSN Messenger for the last time and you didn't even know it. It's like, ugh. Ah. Uh. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. You just like, like, that's crazy. Like, there's this thing that was like a massive part of your life, and one day you just shut down the computer, and the next time you turn it on, you just didn't log in. Yeah. I feel. And that was it. That's so applicable to so many things in life. That's why every time you do something, you have to think, this could be the last time I'm doing this. I should really enjoy it. We're specifically talking about MSN Messenger, so I think it applies. Yes, I was just extrapolating. <laughs> um, but did anyone here back in the day in Zambia, people used BBM a lot? Didn't was BBM huge? Here? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like if you had BBM, then you were like you were like hot shit. It's like oh, add me on BBM, and it was so stupid that you had to add someone's like code. No, it was like an elite club of people. It was like exactly, and I feel like that's what iMessage has kind of become, even though it's more more democratized now. Um, but yeah. Good times. Great times. Great times. Gen Z, you had to be there. What do you have now? Snaps? Ew. You're going to send your little dick pic on little snaps? <laughs> Boring. Try sending a dick pic on MSN Messenger. That was innovative. <laughs> you know? That was the day. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said a word in 25 minutes, by the way. That was a full-on monologue. <laughs> About sending dick pics on MSN? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I am... I Grainy am... dick pics on MSN. I know with your with your little like not even like megapixel camera your six forty p camera like, like literally like two megapixels your two megapixel camera uh, then it takes forever to upload and <laughs> the, the two megapixels were just either ball <laughs> <laughs> literally now that's what it is yeah because like what's a photo like four megs it's like two two. Uh, two megs for the shaft and one meg each for each ball. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out. <laughs> Why? Uh, but Shane, this was so great to have you here and talk about work from home and talk about MSN, talk about the things that we miss, love, and wish would make a comeback into our lives. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Any upcoming projects? Any films that you're working on? Uh, no films I'm working on right now. I'm just sort of in between projects. Um, you could check out um, the latest... <laughs> Four dollar McMuffin and 
medium coffee commercial that I worked on. <laughs> oh, McMuffins are $4 now? Let me tell you something. With a medium premium roast coffee, of course. McDonald's, you need to like, re- McDonald's, if you're listening, sweetie, you need to reduce your prices and bring back the dollar menu. I know capitalism, once again, also has its Gucci boot on your neck, but you are part of the Gucci boot, so figure it out. Um, I'll relay that to my clients, no problem. And my former clients as well. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for joining us. And do you uh, do you have do you want to be found anywhere on social media? What's yeah, your... sure. You can find me on Instagram. That's Rodak Attack. No C. Well, there's no C in the Rodak, but there's a C in the Attack. It's just find me. Just type in Shane Rodak. I don't tweet. I don't Reddit. I don't Discord. I don't, th- I don't think anyone gives out their Reddit. Reddit is like your own. Yeah, no yeah. one wants to be like, follow me on Reddit. It's, mm, no, that's that's a big no-no on Reddit. I used to treat Twitter that way. It was kind of like my own personal space. I kind of like was just like lurking in the background and watching other people post things. I used to do that. And now yeah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Let this bitch just find me. But anyways, I'm really happy I came here. It took me a long time to get here because of the motherfucking distillery district Christmas festival, which I absolutely abhor. So... Um, it was tough to get here, but I'm happy I made it. And it's always good to see you. Oh, babe, we're happy you made it too. We're happy we had this conversation, had some good wine. Um, and thank you guys. I'm happy that you guys tuned in and listened to this. Um, you can obviously find us on Instagram. It's Millennial Yells at Cloud. Very simple, the name of the show. You can find me on Instagram personally if you want to follow me, DM me, or ask me a question. I don't know what you'd be asking me, but you know what? Some of you are crazy enough. It's Anton Tankovich. Um, and I'm going to spell it for you this time. A-N-T-O-N-T-A-N-K-O-V-I-C-H. And you can also, yeah, follow. That's that's all. It's just me and the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. And we will see you all in the next one. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>